Again, you from Austin, Texas? That's right. Wow. Okay. Everyone is moving to Austin these days. Tech, artists, professional wrestlers. <laughs> does it is does it feel like an artistic community where you are? Uh, it feels like there is an artistic community here, um, but it it definitely feels um, increasingly hostile to the kinds of. Um, the kinds of things that artists and 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 people who aren't rich in general need to live right the yeah. cost of living being a city being basically the san francisco of texas i would guess yeah, yeah. but Definitely. on a brighter note uh you have a great ep coming out in february and i've heard some of the tracks that are coming out on that how long ago did you finish the ep Man, uh, I finished it at the end of, I guess, fall of 2018. And the plan was to release it in April of 20, uh, or excuse me, I finished it in, in fall of 2019. Mm -hmm. the, plan was, the plan was to release it in uh, April of 2020. Um, but obviously the pandemic happened. And so it got pushed back until uh, February of this year. So have you written like 50 new songs since then because, you know, all the creative juices are going? Uh, I don't know if I've gotten to 50 yet, but I have written a lot of new stuff for sure. Yeah. And you're a very unique artist. Uh, I'm going to compliment the hell out of you. But uh, <laughs> when most people finish an EP, it's like, yeah, they just played bass on it or they just sang on it. And you're a one man wrecking crew, for lack of a better term. Like we're hearing you sing, we're hearing you play all the instruments, I believe producing it, doing the videos. It's not just a two day thing for you to make an EP like it might be for some other artists. Was that something that you wanted to do at the beginning of your career, be self-sufficient? No, no. Um, my, my highest musical aspiration when I got started was to uh be the rhythm guitarist and background backing vocalist in a band that's like that was actually my goal and um i started a band and auditioned a bunch of singers and felt like i, I think i can do this better and so i i made myself the singer and i tried working with a bunch of producers and i was like i think i could do this better and so i became the producer and tried working with people on videos and I was like, I think I can do this better. <laughs> and so, um, yeah, it's, it's kind of, it's kind of, it was kind of been a snowball of, um, I guess, uh, supreme confidence in my ability to, to teach myself new things. But, um, I think it does allow me to have kind of a, um, an integrity in the work. Mm -hmm. Um, you know, and um, it's definitely giving people uh, an insight into what's going on in my in my brain because my brain is all over it. Right, I can't deny that. If it's you putting everything into it, of course it's going to come out. Even if you try to play a character per se, and it's very interesting 
for me to hear that you initially just kind of wanted to be in the background and then that's not what happened. Did you have somebody who recognized your talent outright and went, why aren't you doing all this? You are good at this. Um, I definitely had people who were supportive. Um, the, 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 the person that kind of pushed me to get into music seriously in the, in the first place was, a a friend of mine who, who played drums and found out that I played guitar and had kind of started writing songs. And, um, I basically got into it off of his enthusiasm and then discovered how obsessed I was with it myself. Um, but, uh, yeah, a lot of it's been kind of a solitary process, honestly, just, um, I think I, I, when I started, I knew just enough about a lot of things to have strong opinions. And then that created the onus, onus to know enough to back those opinions up with, you know, an ability to, to actually make things. And, um, so yeah, it's been a, it's been a journey, um, coming from, uh, you know, trying to, trying to record demos in my parents' basement mm -hmm. on a, on a crappy IBM to <laughs> produce some records for myself and other people. Yeah. Another thing that I really admire you, because I did promise compliments, is that <laughs> I can't name what genre your music is because it's poppy, it's catchy. So there's hooks, but there's rock elements to it, but there's R&B elements to it, but it's not light. So you're not going to call it metal and you're not going to call it punk, but there's an edge to it. So it's kind of like, it's meaningful, but it's catchy. It could be in a soundtrack. It could be the only thing you're listening to rather than jogging to it. Do you have a way that you like to be thought of in general? I, you know, I, I thank you. I appreciate that a lot. Um, that that <clears throat> ethos is kind of important to my art. I, I really enjoy a lot of different kinds of music. And um, I really think I try to meld a lot of influences, hopefully um, synthesizing them well enough that, that, it, that it's enjoyable as opposed to jarring. Um, I don't know, I, I, if, if, if I had my way and if I could get everybody to go along with it, I would, I would say I make post-genre music because um, I think in addition to feeling insufficient for me personally, I think historically, especially in music and especially in the United States, genre has been a largely, um, largely a tool for, for segregation and for um, drawing political distinctions much more than, than drawing um, like musicological distinctions. Like you can have a pop song and if the person's singing with a twang and wearing a cowboy hat, it's a country song. But there's, yeah. but it's, but it musically, it's indistinguishable, you know, from, from the song that, that another singer might be, you know, wearing a sequin bathing suit while, while she sings. So, I don't know. It, it feels more like a political and marketing distinction than some sort of, some sort of nod. In a lot of cases, not all cases, but in a lot of cases, than than some sort of nod to a tradition, a musical tradition that's being carried forward. So, uh, so yeah, I'd say I try to make post-genre music definitely with, um, with pop sensibility being, being key to it. You pull that off very well. Again, compliment. Sorry. 
crossing <laughs> that journalist uh, line right there. With <laughs> Thank you. But I could get 20 different answers from this from 20 different people who write music and also sing it. Do you hear the song in your head without an instrument in your hand? Or do you start playing and then you meld out the song? I am not good enough on, in, on any instrument to, um, to like just have it come out while I'm playing. Mm -hmm. um, it, it happens sometimes, but it's not, I don't have, I'm not one of those people who just has a perfect map of every instrument in my head, instrument in my head and I like go right to the note every time. Um, for me, it's usually, it usually happens in my head and it usually happens that it comes in a chunk. So I'll hear a lyric and a melody and I'll hear the drums and I'll hear the bass and I'll, I'll hear some sound that I don't know what it is, but I know that it's about this pitch and it has this timbre and, and then the, the work is like, okay, where is that? And what is the chord shape need to be like? And okay, where does, what does the baseline feel like? Um, so it, it normally comes to me as, so, okay, so I'll, I'll give you the more interesting version of the answer that I actually- Well, that wasn't... was pretty interesting, but keep going. <laughs> so when I was a kid, I realized that the, I always heard music playing in my head, like always, constantly, no matter what yeah. I'm doing. And I thought that everybody, I thought that happened to everybody. I thought just everybody had music playing in their head unless they were listening to music. Um, and then eventually I found out that not everybody has that happening. And then eventually I realized that some of the songs that were playing in my head, I had never heard before. And, um, and that's kind of when I started writing songs. It's like, oh, this is, this is mine. This is just happening in my brain. Um, so, so it's, I call it my radio. That's really kind of where the songs come from. If, if, if I'm if I'm not listening to music actively, then a song that I like is playing in my head, mm -hmm. or or a song that my brain is writing like without my permission is in my <laughs> head, and I and I have it's it's like it feels like my job is to just pay attention to that radio, and then if something new comes up, then try to try to write it down. That is a great answer. Yet again, the streak continues here. And I read something the other day that blew my mind. I'm a Van Halen diehard fan. You don't have to be. You don't have to, you know, go, oh, yeah, me too. No, I'm not. <laughs> but uh, the drummer of Van Halen, Alex Van Halen, recently did an interview before his brother Eddie passed. Yeah. And he was talking about David Lee Roth. And he said that 90% of the ideas that Roth brought to Van Halen were absolute garbage, but the 10% were so great that it was worth the 90%. What's your batting average kind of like to writing something to actually finishing it and liking it? Wow, okay. Well, well you said batting average, which gives me, gives me a metaphor to work with. <laughs> um, if to, to, to really torture the metaphor, my batting average is probably okay. Um, I'm probably like 300, like solid, solid pro i'm not like yeah i'm not going to the all-star game but I'm, I'm solid pro uh but i don't swing on balls so like if if i see an idea coming over the plate and i i, I just have a an intuition like i don't need to chase this idea like this is a this is a nice little thing and i can record it and write it and have it keep it in my pocket um mm -hmm. 
but I won't chase that idea. Like I don't, I don't chase an idea unless it feels like a home run when it's coming over the plate. Um, and so most of the songs that I actually record end up getting released because I feel really good about them. Um, and the songs that I don't really feel that way about are voice memos on my phone. <laughs> voice memos, cool. Well, two quick <laughs> questions and then you're free. And the first one is, do you have a TV recommendation that you could pass along to anyone who needs a new series or show to check out? Yes, I have a couple. So I'm I'm a big anime fan. Um, and two of my favorite TV shows right now are, uh, one's an anime called Demon Slayer. Mm -hmm. And another is called The Promised Neverland. Um, I know a lot of people don't think they're into anime, but I think mostly the people who aren't into anime are the ones who haven't watched the right anime. It's just such an expansive art form. There's like, there's every kind. So any kind of show you might like, there's an anime that's like that. Um, so those, those are probably my my two TV shows. And then uh, there's a show on Netflix that's not anime, but I think it, it, it's, it, it was made in Japan. It's called um, Alice in Borderland, and it's really good. Yeah. Sounds like you're hoping to be touring Japan once this all... Absolutely. <laughs> boils out. Well, the closing question for you, and this could be a joke or it could be as simple as just go to my website or it can be actual advice. Uh, any last words for the kids? For the kids, um, for the kids, my advice for the kids is, um, there's so much, there's so much advice that, that I wish I had had. The biggest thing is probably, um, to, uh, to question things especially things that make you comfortable if there's uh if there's something that's that people are telling you whether that's um like advice on how to live or on how the world should be or about history or any of those things if it makes you feel very comfortable if if the story is very neatly leading to you being comfortable and powerful and all those things it's probably not true it's probably just a convenient lie that that helps you be un be comfortable at the expense of other people who are being made uncomfortable. So so question anything that makes you comfortable. That is deep, and that's going to make me now question a bunch of things. So <laughs> thank you for your time. Keep up the greatness, and hope to see a full length album from you very soon. Absolutely. Thank you so much for having me. Thanks. Take care now. Yeah. Outrocast. It's the Outrocast now with Darren Bell. So leading into it, one thing I don't know, who knew who before the mimic was made? Knew who? Nobody knew anybody. I I met uh, Jake at a at a at a one at a reading that we did and I knew that was him. I never saw anybody right. else, but none of us knew uh, really anybody. We came together for oh. this. So traditional yeah, like kind a, of testing process. No. Yeah, I think we had to read through, right? We had to read, through, read for through this, through. like in that random office in Long Island. That's, right. that's where 
where everybody yeah. met for the first time. That was right. And we like that was blazed right. through it. I think it read yeah. in like 45 minutes or something. That's <laughs> like right. a half hour sitcom. Yeah, we were like, uh, we're going to have to add and about then, 90 pages to <clears> if we want to make <throat> it work. Yeah. And, Aust- and Austin Pendleton was there. And when oh, they yeah. read through it, he turned to me and he said, hey, this is really good. I said, well, didn't you read it? He said, no, this, this is just my scene. <laughs> Unbelievable. <laughs> Unbelievable. Oh, it, it looks, to me, as an outsider, like everyone had chemistry and they knew each other for years. Because looking at the cast, yeah. there's some real star-studded people in this cast it's some big names but it looked like well these three people knew each other and then they added on these stars later but it's interesting to know that's not the case at all no i mean you know a bunch of us sort of knew each other through the theater you know i i'd I'd met pendleton a number of times um you know uh jessica walter and and uh and uh, mary lou i sort of had known from around but we'd never worked together you know um so, you know, it was, uh, it was just, it was one of those great things when we all got on set and it just made sense, just speaks to how good our casting was and, uh, and, and how good the script is. Yeah. Darren, Didi uh, Khan was my neighbor and I never met her till I shot with her and she lived <laughs> two, two houses away. Okay. And she actually <laughs> did fall asleep in that chair. She literally she did sleep. That was that, <laughs> that was yeah. out cold. <laughs> yeah. No, I didn't know. I didn't know. I mean, I knew of everyone in it. I was thrilled just to be working with such professionals and, and people. It was, you know, it's an, it's a tough script. It was like super unique. And, and I read it and I was like, this is either going to be go really, really awesome or it's going to be incredibly difficult the entire shoot. And thank God Tommy was acting opposite me because uh, he made it just a breeze. And then obviously, you know, Thomas is the director putting the pen to page and kind of letting us go do our thing. I mean, there, there was definitely tough days. And I think moments where we both love each other, we're like, is, what are we doing? What like, okay, we and then doing? we got, yeah, what do we like, make? What do we do? Right, let's just, and, you know but what? let's, let's see, just go. it's yeah, gonna be go. interesting. Yeah, let's see. And around how many days was the shoot? 18, 18, 18 God, days. I was getting ready to say like, 30 something 18 yeah 18 full-on days yeah it was like a true it was a true indie filmmaking uh experience in the best sense of the word where no seriously i had to learn how to drive stick on and you had a yeah Yeah, you had a new baby too yeah on your truck yeah yeah Like literally on camera, learning how to drive stick as we're recording because yeah. you know we don't we we ain't got that kind of time, Sadowski. So go ahead and figure it out. Just try not to make it look so bad. <laughs> yeah, wow. that is definitely an interview unto its own. I can't. Drive stick. <laughs> oh, My right. wife I, I, will I, have to drive if we wind up in a bad situation like that. <laughs> but it that's really incredible. Eighteen days now. When was it actually filmed? Because as somebody who's taping interviews five, six days a week, you'll ask somebody that question. Most people are saying, oh, we wrapped in 2018. No, it was June of 2017. Yep. Really? Of wow. And we got held up, obviously, with what, what happened. Yeah. Uh, so you're, uh, but, you know, things happen for reasons. So, um, you know, now that's we crazy. see what happens now, you know? Yeah. So that's incredible that it's, it's had to sit around that long. Did you use any of that time 
to tweak the film or is it you finished it and this is what it looked like when it was finished? No, this was a very difficult film to edit. And it, this, uh, it took uh, uh, almost, almost a year because it was very specific. Uh, and the more specific, the harder it is to cut. And this is specific, but I, I'm very happy with the end result. Well, a question for our wonderful, wonderful actors here. Did you do any kind of uh, chemistry hangouts before filming started? Because I'm hearing sometimes that happens in indie films and sometimes not. No, I mean, the reality was mm -hmm. we met once for, we met once for rehearsal and then we got on set. You know, I, I was, yeah. um, we, I was in LA up until pretty much right before we started shooting. Um, and so it was, it was hard to, to make anything work. And then I, I'd had a newborn um, at the time. So it was just, you know, I was racing, racing back home as, as soon as we'd say cut just to, to get there to put her to bed at night or, or whatever, you know, so yeah. it, was, uh, it wasn't a whole, we didn't get to, we spent the time that we spent was in between takes, you know, on talking. Set. Yeah, and getting yeah. to know each other. I mean, you had a lot going on. I like, I yeah, the newborn. I mean, having gone through it subsequently after having a newborn, like I full, I didn't fully appreciate like that aspect of your life during the filming. And we showed up the because you know, uh, Tommy would drive down the set um, from upstate every morning. We had some early calls, and like sleeping is a real thing when you have a newborn infant. And then on top of that, the first day we showed up at this big Italian restaurant, and we had fourteen days, fourteen pages to shoot on the first right. day and we both looked at each other we we're like is this happen is this what we're doing okay this is what we're doing like let's let's just do it we're gonna do this let's do it yeah we 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 got no choice you know we 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 got to get this we got to get this location we got to get this like let's go and um and we did you know we just dove yeah. in it was uh it was sink or swim which i think actually really works well for the stakes of the film you know it, it's just that if we were too comfortable wouldn't have worked no you, you could feel it you could have felt it and like having quicksand underneath your feet and not entire not knowing where the world was i think really serves the tone of the film a lot yeah that's a great point now tom did right. the yeah. script change at all from what you had written to when you started filming uh no very very little there's a few lines that aren't in there what i wrote is what you see you know 99 percent of yeah yeah pretty much all stayed there and i think what was great is we felt very comfortable coming to to thomas and being you know if there's something we didn't understand or we needed clarity on or you know we had some ideas you know thomas is the type of director that he would listen to us and and you know if we made a compelling case he would he would honor that and sort of you know be respectful of the space that that we needed as actors which is not always the case no no was the mimic the name of the film from day one? Yes. Yes. And have there been any weird overseas um, movie translation titles? Not, not, yeah, I can't not, wait. I, I know. I know. They, I know. Yeah, that's a great question. I know they can't translate the kid. That 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 has no translation. And it and it and it and it translates into a child of something. I know there's going to be things like that. They can't call it the kid. Kid is just an American slang word. So we'll see what happens with there. But thank God I didn't call it the kid. But then I'd have a problem. Yeah. Then, then you'd have a real yeah. issue. Yeah. 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 That's fantastic. I 
really like that the trailer is funny and interesting and compelling, yet doesn't give away the story entirely. It's not like certain movies that have comedic elements where you watch and go, well, I know everything that's going to happen. Did you play into cutting the trailer or is that somebody else to do that? No, I, 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 you know, you, you, you always let people have their first instincts because first instincts are always the best. And then when they bring back their first instincts, then I, I make suggestions to tweak it, but I don't dictate. Let people do their thing first and then chime in. Good call. So bring it a uh, round table style here because it's been a few years since the movie was made and now you're in the habit of promoting it, but everyone else has worked on other stuff since then. Does anyone want to plug what they're working on nowadays in this 2021 era? I mean, it's been weird. It's been a weird year, honestly. I think everyone can attest to that. Yeah. <laughs> like, it's just wild. We're out here surviving, you know, like, uh, it's just, I, I don't have anything specific that I can talk about at, the, at this point, but I, I appreciate the, the opportunity, Darren. Well, yeah, I mean, well, uh, it's there's there's stuff going on, but nothing I can really talk about yet. But, you know, honestly, like what I want to plug is the mimic. Like we made this a few years ago and I, I don't think that it's any I don't think that it's any accident that a movie about madness and questioning mm -hmm. how close to the line of madness you walk is coming out right after the year that we have experienced. Of madness. So yeah. uh, right. I think that, you know, it, it's um I think that people are going to, you know, they're going to have a reaction to this film. What it is, I don't know. You know, that's entirely built of their own experience, but um, it's not going to be something that you walk away from thinking like, I've seen that before. Uh, you know, we, we're, we got something pretty unique here. It's it, Darren, it's amazing how many times you hear the word gaslight a day. It just amazes me. And I hear I am doing that back then and there, it was around, but not like it was around yeah. now. It's really yeah. something, really mm -hmm. something. Yeah. You're making sociopaths fun again, I would yeah. argue for, from <laughs> that's, right. that's a big accomplishment. If, 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 if that's the one thing you had to brag about doing. Sociopaths are so vogue right now. They're really yeah. <laughs> Exactly. So to kind of recap, great movie, inventive movie, not the easiest film to make, but everyone's happy with the movie to say the least great cast of people who didn't know each other before it started filming people who seem like they'd happily work together again i'm i'm, I'm getting vibes on yes, yes yeah. for sure oh, yeah absolutely, absolutely. yes the mimic too i don't know if we're going to see that happening but never say never <laughs> return of the kid <laughs> yeah the return of the kid yeah <laughs> exactly no. Exactly. God help you, Tom. The first one no. was based on a true story. If no, there was a second one, that I, I hope you survive. I hope you survive the, uh, yeah, the genesis. Yeah, for real. You barely survived <laughs> the first one. Yeah. It would be yeah. called The Mimic Repeats. The Mimic yeah. Repeats. <laughs> if Eddie yeah. and the Cruisers could have a sequel, I mean, what can have a sequel? That's, That's right. a fact. That's yeah. a fact. Well, fair enough. Yeah. Exactly. So then my closer for everyone to answer, and this can actually just be self-promotion of your social media accounts, or it can actually be advice. Any last words for the kids? And we'll start with Jake first. Just check out the movie on, on February 5th, you know, rent it, buy it, watch it. I, I promise you won't be disappointed. At the very least you'll be engaged for the whole, the whole time. So 
we appreciate we appreciate everyone that's watching and taking the time to look at it and, and join our story. Yeah. Tommy? Advice for the kids, you know, do what we did. Take take a risk, make something unique. What the hell? What do you got to lose? You know, at the mm -hmm. very at the very least, you're gonna have a good time doing it. Good call. And the writer director, please. I would uh, you know, I would say uh, when you're looking at it. If you know somebody like this, to give him a sh another shot, all right? Because uh, it just might be worth knowing. Don't write him off so quick. Have patience and enjoy the film. Well said. Well, I can't thank you guys enough for your time and look forward to seeing what everyone's going to be doing next, whenever that is. Thank you. Thanks, Darren. Thank you. Thanks, Darren. Appreciate it. Thank you. Care.